Hi guys, welcome to this edition of Engage Podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And this year we're doing our annual Absent Friends episode. Yes. Uh, as you can tell, a little bit earlier than usual because of um, Destination Star Trek, which is in its usual slot. Um, also, we're doing four, than, four rather than six because six it does take quite a lot of doing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great, obviously, that we can do more names. Because obviously that's the whole point of doing this. But I'd rather do um, quality more than quantity that we've been doing in the last few years. Yeah. We're doing what we used to do. So there's a couple from who passed away this year, and a couple who have um, passed away before that, but are um, related to the anniversaries that we've got this year. So there's one that's for Star Trek Enterprises twenty fifth. 20, uh, 20th, 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 yeah. How did we get confused with that? <laughs> I gave you a hard time recently about it, so... Yeah. 20th. 20th yeah. anniversary, and Star Trek's franchise's 55th anniversary as well, so there's one for each yeah. in there, because I couldn't make it stick for two Enterprise-related people, although the Star Trek 55th anniversary name worked from like day one of Star Trek right up until Enterprise so it kind of she actually covers both in a way which is amazing um but yeah we're gonna start off with Fran Bennett who was born on 14th of August 1937 um and passed away on September 12th um this year she was age 84 um and she was a prolific film and TV actress who played Free- Fleet Admiral Shanfi in the TNG fifth season episode Redemption uh, Part 2. Um, and 17 years later, she portrayed the second Vulcan midwife beside Jill Lover in J.J. Abrams' 09 Star Trek. Her scene Spock's birth was cut from the final film, but is, cl- is included on the special edition DVD and Blu-ray. And she was also meant to reprise her role for Admiral Shanti for... Um, the episode Unification won, but she was replaced. Um, doesn't actually say why. Um, I t- I'm assuming with that it will just be scheduling. Think so. It may just not have panned out for her. Hmm. That's what I'm assuming. That's what it usually is. So they yeah. just they then <clears throat> got in Admiral Brackett instead. Yeah. Which is a shame. I would like quite like to have seen her than just another myriad of admirals. <clears throat> yeah. I think what was interesting in the Wikipedia I thought was funny. She's not to be confused with the 50s actress of the same name, born Frances Eugenia Leonard, November 25th, 1934, um, and died January 21st, 1999, who appeared as the daughter of Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson in 1956 film Giant. So I thought that was an interesting tidbit of kind of, don't get them too confused. I wouldn't have known anyway, so, but yeah, I, I can imagine. It, if you've got kind of the same name and kind of the roughly that they, they were born the same year, it's probably a good thing they put that in. But uh, she is just amazing with what she went on to go and do. Yeah. I mean, not just in terms of, of television, but also teaching as well. Um, and one of the things in the notes, which I think is fantastic, because of all of all the other um, all the other absent friends' names that we've done, 
I think there's been some comments like from from people who are close to me who passed away, but this is. We we do have that with um, James Avery later on. We do have yeah. that with things from like uh, Will Smith and things, but. Yeah. What Jamie's saying is we hear from students. Yeah. One of the bits of research that I gave him was her obituaries from this college. Yeah. And the students actually commented on it, and some of them are just incredible. Mm. And that's the thing. I think it's, you know, because obviously every year we do this, and, you know, you, you, you know we, we read what they've achieved, and I think that's fantastic. But what I really liked about this particular one is it's kind of seeing the reading the impact that person's had, whether it's through their acting, whether it's through teaching on other people. I think that's I think that's really just really interesting. You get a really nice insight. Yeah, because it's you get a um, part of her characteristics. Yeah. that comes through because I love that the same quote comes through, and you could just tell that's her teaching style, and it's just like mm. just lovely. Um, what were we reading from? Uh, well, did you want to go to the... So we've kind of mentioned it. Did you want to go to the kind of... Bennett was born in Marvel, Arkansas. She made her acting debut in theatre and her television debut on the daytime soap Guiding Lights. Um, Is that from Wikipedia? Yeah. Uh, Rustling of notes. <laughs> um, yeah, Guiding Light. Um, she... Her screen acting career with infrequent TV work during the 50s and 60s included one year stint on Guiding Light, as I said. It wasn't until the late 70s that she began making frequent appearances on television as well as in films. In 1979, she appeared in her first film, the drama um, Promises in the Dark. That same year, she had a role in the epic TV miniseries Roots, The Next Generations. Um, and then also starred in... TV special Roots, The Gift. There's more. Let's see if... Go on, Jerry, if you, you look like you've got really say something. Um, I was just actually looking where you where you were actually reading from, actually. Uh, let's see what we can have a read through. Um, I've read, read this. So, um, she appeared, obviously, in a number of films as well. And I'll just list just a, just a couple of them. Um... So she was in Promises in the Dark, nineteen seventy nine, um, Plymouth, nineteen ninety one, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I have I've actually seen, uh, nineteen ninety four. Um, from nineteen ninety six to two thousand and three, she was the head of the performance program in the School of Theatre at the California Institute of the Arts, which we'll go back to later because yep. that's where most of these notes come from. Yeah. Uh, what was that you were saying that she'd um, those, those um, things you'd noted down that should uh, yeah I was going to go and say oh that brilliant too. yeah go for it yep yeah. <clears throat> so this is from um, I think it's like this California Arts kind of page I think I can't quite remember what where I dug it from um, born in 1937 um, yeah, in Marvard Arc, Bennett, served, uh, Bennett earned a Bachelor's of Science and a Bachelor's of, Bachelor's of Science degree and a Master's of Arts from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Her acting career spanned several decades over stage and screens, 
beginning on daytime drama going lights in 1965. Extensive television credits include Quantum Leap, In the Heat of the Night, Star Trek Next Generation, of course, The Book of Daniel and Scandal. Um, I'm not too bothered about that. Uh, Bennett also had a significant impact on theatre in LA and beyond. A member of the classical theatre uh, company... Oh, that's a word I can't say. Um, and, uh, Antaeus? Antaeus? Antaeus. We'll go with that. She uh, was also a founding <laughs> member of Los Angeles Women's Shakespeare Company. LAWSC. An organisation that produces professional productions of Shakespeare's play with no female ensemble. Playing both the Duke of Venice and the Prince of Monaco in the The Merchant of Venice, Bennett received the LA Stage Alliance Ovation Award for Featured Actress in a Play. You look like you're ready to say something, James. I was just going to read on from that, if that's all right with you. Yeah. Um, in addition to receiving an NAACP Theatre Award, Bennett was the first <laughs> recipient of a AEA, SAD and AFTRA Diversity Honour Award. She was named to the Arkansas Black Hall of Fame, joining poet Maya and Angelou and President Bill Clinton, among others. Um, August 7, 2005, was named Fran Bennett Day by the Mayor of Malvern, Arkansas. Yeah. So that bit is Isn't just... Arkansas? Arkansas, Arkansas. <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, so I think that bit there is just... It's just amazing. Said that she... Are we going to spend a bit of time focusing on all these responses and whatnot, do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, I I'm think... going to go back and read that first bit and then read down there. And okay. then we'll go on to student comments. Yeah, I just think it's just amazing that she's done so much. For, I think, I'm trying to remember, uh, where was it? It was something like that. It's like she'd done something, I think it was like 37 years, whatever it was. Yeah, I'm reading that. Is that the bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Cal Arts Community Monza Lost School of <clears throat> Theatre Facility. Oh, what's that word? Uh, Emerita, we'll say. Uh, Fran Bennett, who passed away over the weekend. She served the Cal Arts Community That's for 36 it. years as Amazing. Link Lake Voice Facility, as well as Head of Acting Director of Performance from 1996 to 2003. She retired from full time teaching at Cal Arts in 2014. For those who met Bennett, her booming voice was instantly recognisable. Her looming presence was unfor- unforgettable. And a message sent earlier today by to the School of Theatre, Dean Travis Pres- Preston, wrote, Fran's voice was un- unmistakable. She never shed or shied away from using it. And she taught so many throughout the years to find, fr- uh, for- to find and free their own. Before there were uh, diversity committees and personal uh, Carol Arts, there was Fran. She an increasing champion students, artists, and innovators of all backgrounds, and demanded leaders to do more to serve the left out and kept out. Her King Lear launched the Carol Arts Centre for New Performances. Her director, as after being blown away by her fearless and fearlessness and ferocity, and it has emboldened me and my work ever since. Her legacy will live on in the hearts and minds and voices and accounts of people she impacted. I will never forget her and miss her terribly. May we all follow her example and speak with honesty, grace, strength and freedom. Um, and Jamie's going to go on and read some tweets. Yes, there's a, there's a three here. Would that be better reading it from there? Or are you? Yeah, yeah, probably actually would be better. Yeah. Uh, Shall we say who... who, who um, 
Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, the first one comes from uh, Gaesis Silas. I'm sorry if I'm really pronouncing that name wrong. Um, they say, Fran Bennett was a teacher, a mentor, a bedrock to her students and to me. The woman was a shining queer icon. She was a woman who valued passion and authenticity. She was honestly one of the toughest teachers I ever had the pleasure to learn from at Cal Arts. Um, uh, Brittany Nupler says, uh, just got news that one of my favourite professors at Cal Arts passed away this, this morning. Fran Bennett suffered no falls but was always fair and kind. She supported my writing more than the own head, more than the own head of my programme. She was a legend. And then um, the last one is um, Samantha Levinshus. She says, um, Fran Bennett was a titan. As first year years at Cal Arts, Fran was terrifying. She had a presence that turned heads and you could feel the air change when we entered her classroom. She literally held us and shaped us. She pulled emotion into our voices and grounded us in, in our breath. So, uh, I mean... <clears throat> you miss the one where, she, where they go, oh, she was also in Star Trek. Was, it, was that in there as well? I thought so. Not in, not in those not in those twists. Maybe it's in um maybe it's in one of the um one of the notes maybe one of the ones because um I didn't actually catch all the notes that Simon did. Um I don't think it's in a twist. It might be in the in the other um message it might be in the other messages there. Is it there? I think Simon's just having a look. Yeah, so I mean even just that, it's just really nice just reading the impact that she had on people. Um, and, you know, she kind of said it comes across as kind of, you know, um, kind of tough but fair. And obviously she really had a presence about her. But just, yeah, she just seems like a, just like an amazing woman. It's just had such an impact on, on people's lives. Oh, I don't think that was... Oh, yeah. yeah it must have... Must have missed that bit out. Yeah, and, and Brittany also says, oh, yes, and she was also in Star Trek. <laughs> so, my bad, I missed that. Um, And then what follows from that is what really, uh, is what really, you know, really brings it home. Is there's five comments left on that um, page. On the blog, because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a so Carol, Carol fellow from, yeah, blog isn't it it's their blog mm. and what's interesting is it was posted on the 12th of september so i think the day she passed away and then you had comments literally the day after yeah and there's five comments and three of which really stuck out to me the other two were uh, i liked but the other, there's three of them and you just go yeah that really brings it home lucy griffin I graduated from the carol arts school of theater in acting 2005 i came back to work there work here in 2019 roaming the halls rediscovering corners walking past c108 and i could almost hear her grand voice echoing from many memories ago darling breathe through your coccyx she was a legend and icon never to be forgotten do you want to read whitney chapman yeah of course so whitney chapman says what i lost she was one of the most powerful women i have ever known she pulled no punches expected nothing but the deepest of truth and honesty from you as an actor and a human being she demanded respect, and I felt I had I had to earn it from her. But she gave it readily if you were doing your best. I have never had a teacher scare me more by her presence, her power, and her strength of character while encouraging me to be brave and honest, and support me more in my journey to finding my voice. 
I was honoured to have been chosen to teach the voice class for stage manager under her tutelage and was lucky to have her as my mentor as well. I use her phrase in various forms and always hearing the voice in my head, brief from your sex or coccyx, darling. Thank you for blessing me with your presences, your teaching and your wisdom. You will be missed. And then we had Ryan Vincent Anderson. I graduated in 2007. Memories, memory, many, my memories of Carl Arts are so fond and full of emotion. Fran was my was a major part of why I love my experience at Carl Arts. She was like nobody I'd never met. She'd always been a, a domineeringly warm and gracefully strong. Because of this, and because of her absolutely apparent sureness in who she was and what she stood for, many, including myself, felt a bit frightened by her. But to speak for myself, it wasn't a fright. It wasn't a fright of who she was. It was a fright of who I might not become. Fran was a clear example of someone who boldly showed up in life and told people, here I am, this is me, deal with it. And at a time when society showed little to no support for queer black women, let alone women in general, she determined her own destiny and identity and proudly paved the way for others to determine theirs as well. I will never forget her teachings. I will never forget her. Should we do the other two? Or do you want to do them? Or? Yeah, you can do um, so this next one is uh, Diana McGuguerio, I think. Um, I was a Pat89, and as a light designer, my hey, point that Fresno over here till the electricians left a lot to be desired. So I followed faculty advice to take voice class with acting students. It was a great experience, and as such, I remembered Fran fondly and loved to see her in TV and film over the years. Thank you for letting us know of her past, and she will be missed. Um, do you mind if I read the last one no. as well? And then Morgan, uh, the last one, Morgan Brown says, Well, I graduated BFA Dance in 1989, then again MFA Dance 1998. So I knew Fran because you did not go to CalArts and not know her. Although I never took her class, I knew a lot of theatre students who did. Her presence was super strong and I remember being a little scared of her, but I can't imagine it. I can't imagine if I was one of her students. I'm honoured to have known her, if even from a distance. That is really something to... Uh, leave that kind of presence in my soul even if she, even if she was not my teacher that speaks volumes about her may god bless her family for their loss as well as our cal arts community morgan i know we're doing her first but she, out of all the people we did i think she's the most interesting this year mm. and in some ways she's got the most fleeting appearance on star trek yeah and it, and it, you know it's interesting kind of really particularly through those um those kind of notes of remembrance from messages of remembrance from her her students so i kind of there's a certain sadness is i'd love to have met and known her because she sounds like a really really interesting woman you know um and i said it's just a it's just lovely reading that impact that someone can have on other people because i said throughout all the other all the years we've done this and we've read from yeah they've done a lot of great things i'm sure they had an impact but we've never actually been able to kind of it's never been a tangible thing that we've been able to kind of look at and go, oh, yeah, they really, really... I just love that quote, like, breathe through coccyx. I yeah. just love that. It's such a <laughs> teach through quote. And yeah. just kind of, you can imagine just kind of mm. her saying it. Mm. But, yeah, I mean... Is it worth doing another more credits that she was in, or...? We could maybe we could maybe just read a few of them if you want to. I don't mind. Because for me, there was like Cagney and Lacey, which I've never seen, but that's quite a big thing. That's a very um, big thing, yeah. Quantum Leap a couple of times. Mm. Um, 
Do you mind if I have a look? It's not in those notes. Yeah. It's not in those ones, right? Because there might be some. Um... I think she did ER, if I remember. That's all her films, but there's none that I recognised. So West Craven's new nightmare. I said, uh, look, just seeing if there's anything that I might have heard of or seen. Um, she's been in. Cause it's like something elsewhere. There's like Cagney and Lacey, L.A. Law, Elf. Like it's one of those, one of those people that's kind of she's done everything. Like hmm. uh, murder she wrote, E.R. as you said. Um, Boomtown. I've heard of Boomtown as well. You name it, she's probably been in it. Percy Mason. Sort of... Yeah, mystery. Yeah. Again, some stuff I've not seen, but I have heard of. Uh, yeah, she's done quite a bit. Yeah, Community mm. was one of her last credits, which was um, 2010. She did a couple of things in 2015 as well. But yeah, she's done a lot over the years, a lot of stuff, and some stuff that we, we've, a couple of things, other things we've seen or even just heard of. It's yeah, this year's a bit weird. I haven't really chosen people that we've really seen them in, mm. but I just thought they were really interesting people. And Fran Bennett is just one of those people that's just. Amazing, just amazing people. That's, that's what they were saying, that's what she was saying. An utter icon. Mm. And they're just kind of... Someone defining their own destiny. I think that's one of the quotes. But just kind of... Didn't give a crap. Just like, I'm just who I am. She like, is, just get know. on with it. Like. And I said, she had a really big impact on others in a positive way. And it's great to be able to read that through those messages of remembrance for her. So, yeah, just an incredible woman, really. And I said, I'm, I would love to have actually met her. I think it would have been interesting. Um, is there anything more you want to say about Fran Bennett? No, um, all of these names, go and look them up because yeah. they're all incredible people. I think I say Fran Bennett, definitely look at the uh, links in, I think it's Memory Alpha. Yeah. And it's the Cow Arts where you'll Blog, find yeah. the ones with the students, everything. It's just. Just amazing because I think I'm probably struggling trying to talk today because I haven't done it in a long while, so I'm probably not. It's alright. So, our second name is Joan Pierce. Do you want to explain away, Jamie? Yes, so Joan Pierce was born the 13th of June uh, 1930 and passed away on the 13th of January 2005, age 74. Uh, was a script writer who worked a large part of the Star Trek franchise um, from TOS to the end of Enterprise. She was a founder of Joan Pierce Research Associates. On the original Star Trek, Pierce worked directly with the staff as an associate of Kellum DeForest. Is that meant to be Forrest, DeForest Kelly? No, I think that's right. Is it right? Okay. Uh, to ensure continuity and to prevent the series from encroaching on other sci-fi stories. Um, upon DeForest's retirement from... Uh, TNG. She had opened her own agency and, in total, helped research over 700 hours worth of scripts. Among the specific episodes she assisted with was DS9's Inter Armor Enum Silent Leggies, for which she provided writer Roy D. Moore information on the Latin phrase which makes up the episode's title. Um, on the 28th of July 2006, an extensive collection of scripts and production material from Pierce's personal collection was auctioned off at the 25th Annual Profiles and History Hollywood Auction. Other uh, projects Pierce directly worked on script clearance include the sci-fi thriller Terminal Era 2002, starring Michael Norrie and Marina Sirtis, and the ho- horror 
thriller, The Boy, 2016, with Jim Norton. There's not a great deal about her, but I just thought, again, she fit the profile of someone that I wanted to celebrate mm. um, 55 years of the franchise, and she couldn't have fitted it more fittingly. Yeah, and I think, actually, what I really quite liked of the name you've, cho- what you've chosen her is, I don't think we've actually had, ever had a script research before. I think that's a really interesting kind of profession. And I said, like seven, over 700 hours worth of scripts. I mean, that is absolute, that's, that's just mind-boggling. And you've got to think, she worked from straight from TOS straight through to the end of Enterprise. So she worked through the whole of Trek for literally... I said, it's incredible. The sad thing is, there is not a great deal about her. Which no. is a shame. I really had to dig and find what I found, and that's not a lot. The only other thing I could find was kind of... Like, greatest hits kind of document. Um... I could probably read out the entirety and it's still not much. There's an awful lot of repeated content in here, but I'll try and read. Joan Dilap Pierce, American Research Company Executive, Lighting Director, Wilcoxian Players, Beverly Hills, California, from 1955 to 1960. And, my God, this one's cluttered because they don't really make it obvious where the dates associate with. So I had to spend quite a bit of time working out what went with it. Theatre 40 Los Angeles from 1960 to 1966. Board Advisor Living History Centre Marlin County, California from 1982 to 1989. And its Board Director from 1989 to 1994. And she was also a member of the American Film Institute. This is where it picks up on a bit of her background. Pierce Joan Dillap was born on um, 13th of June 1930 in Oakland, California, um, United States. Daughter of Robert Jerome and Wilhelmina uh, Dilap and she was a student at the University of Oregon in 1955 um, you know, I found her career really interesting because there's one thing that really stuck out to me um, it's the second one coming up Jamie in case you're wondering research associate deforest research the Sandries from 1966 to 1978 which is what Jamie referenced already this year it gets oh no it's Oh, third one. Okay. Associate Director from 1978 to 92. This is where it gets interesting. Director of Research at Walt Disney Productions Burbank in 1978. Says Walt Disney in there, which is incredible. Wow. Uh, President Board Director Joan Pierce, Research Associate uh, from 1992. This is where it gets confusing because it repeats stuff. Research Company Executive. B. Oakland. California. Doesn't actually say when or what, but yeah, June 13th, 19th. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a birth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, she married Gerald Allen Pierce on June 18th, 1953, and has one had one child, Scott Ford. Um, and Karen, a student, University of Oregon from 1948 to 1955. Read that one, read that one. Yeah, I think the rest of these, I think they're pretty much all repeated. Um, no. Board Advisors, Living History Centre, Marlin... Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, but she... Yeah. Uh, she 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 also... Was, so some of her hobbies, she was really into photography, um, travel, theatre and swimming. Um, achievements, she had been listed as a noteworthy research company executive by Marquis Who's Who. Um, her membership was... I think, that's, I think that's the same thing. Uh, yeah, it's kind of repeated information here. 
that I think yes, that's it yeah unfortunately it's because it. she worked on all these scripts and I just thought myself well why not list some of the episodes of Star Trek and other things that she'd done because I think that would have been really interesting because she probably had a big impact I mean I know it mentions about the um, the DS9 episode the, the Latin one which I think is great but it sounds like there's a lot more to unpack about her and frustratingly there's just very little I did everything I could. I'm sure you did. All the notes. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I'm not criticising you, sir. I'm just it's frustrating. It's not. I just saw that she was there from day one to Enterprise, and it was a bit like that. Couldn't you couldn't write? Yeah, it's that. really, really interesting. It's just a shame there's not more on her because I think there's more. T- I think there's more there about her in terms of what she's done. But obviously, they didn't just didn't put that information, which is a shame. But no, I'm really glad. So I'm. I'm, I'm Glad you dug that outside. Must have been a that must have taken a while to find. Again, just another amazing person. Besides, I had a big impact. But it's it's a shame there's not more about her. Um, do you think more you want to say? No. Uh, so the next one. <clears throat> one everyone should know. Yes. Um, do you go for it, James. Yeah. No, you go for so, it. So this is James Avery, actor. So James Avery. Um, born twenty seventh of November to nineteen forty five, and passed away in thirty first of December. Night, uh, 2013, age 68, guest starred as General Kavak in the start on the Enterprise fourth season episodes Affliction and Divergence, and was also one of the three finalists for the part of Wolf and TNG. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting tidbit. Mm. Um, Avery is perhaps best known as Philip Banks from The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He has also forged uh, a body of vo- uh, work in voiceovers for cartoon shows. Read that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> So he was born. So I said when he was born. He was born. Thank in, you, Wikipedia. Thank you. I have, I have got it, but it's just this is further down in my notes. Um, he was born in uh, Pugsville, Virginia, uh, to mother Florence J. Avery. His father denied paternity and was not listed on his birth certificate. Florence would eventually move James to Atlantic City, New Jersey. He served in the U.S. Navy in the Vietnam War from 1968 to 69. <clears throat> and eventually moved to San Diego, California, where he began to write poetry and TV scripts for PBS. He won an Emmy for production during his tenure there and then received a scholarship to UC San Diego, where he attended Thurgood Marshall College, earning a Bachelor of Arts degree in Drama and Literature in 1976. So, yeah, I mean, he's done a lot. He's he's done a lot in his time, I mean. Because we all know him as Philip Banks in... Um, Fresh Prince, yeah. Hmm. I said I loved watching that graph, and I, I loved. I remember. I, I remember his, his character was Uncle Phil. Absolutely hilarious. And he was also Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was another big thing. Was we were growing up. Hmm. Um, I think the sad thing is the way he, pa- he passed away. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Avery died at the age of sixty-eight at Glendale Memorial. Is that right? Yeah. His publicist Cynthia Snyder told the Associate Press that Avery died following complications from open heart surgery. Oh, these are the um, victories from the. Yeah. Um, Janet Hubert, who portrayed his on screen wife Vivian in The Fresh Prince for the first three seasons, said after his death, uh, Rest in peace, James. All the world is a stage, and we are all merely players in this production called Life. Will Smith commented on Avery's death saying, some of my greatest lessons in acting, living and being a respectable human being came through James Avery. Every young man needs an Uncle Phil, rest in peace. 
Do you want to read the last bit? Yeah. Yeah. A bit random, but yeah. Um, Joseph Marcel Jeffrey called over a gentle giant and his remains were cremated and scattered near the Pacific Ocean. Um, and this is in April 2020, Will Smith reunited with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on a video conference honouring Avery's best moments on the show. So, yeah, and do you know, actually, reading through these notes, I actually vaguely recall back in 2013 when it happened, when it was on the news, I actually remember hearing about it. Um, and, yeah, it's just, I think, it was very sad. I mean, I think he, he I said he, he lived into six days. It's not a bad age, but... I said, I think he, he died before his time a bit, which is kind of sad. Um, but yeah, he's, it's um, one of the things here I, I, I found, I thought was, um, uh, so I mentioned about the Fresh Prince and it said his character, Uncle Phil, was ranked number 34 in TV's Guide's 50 Greatest TV Dads of All Time, which I thought was really cool. Um, and in his personal life, in, in 1988, Avery married his girlfriend Barbara. Barbara was a dean student at Loyola Marymount University. He had no biological children, but was a stepfather to Barbara's son, Kevin Waters. Don't know if you can find that on yours. Short answer, no. Probably not. Um, (laughs) Avery, actually I think so, but I'll... Somewhere else, and you've, you've given me your notes now. So, Avery was the commencement speaker for his alma mater, UC San Diego's first good Marshall College in 2007 and again in 2012. In 1995, he appeared in the Brady Bunch movie. Should we look through credits? Yes, yeah, that'd be yeah. Let's have a look. Let's see. So, films, films, this is all films, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been he's done again quite a lot of films. Oh, he, oh, he was he, he was in Doctor Doolittle too. Oh, I don't remember. I wonder what part he played. What is it? Uh, Doctor Doolittle two. He was Eldon. I vaguely recall actually him being in it. Now that I think about it, I need to rewatch that. Um, he's, he's done a lot of stuff here. I mean, TV and film. I think most some of it I do recognise. Not so much the film as being more the movies. But um, he's done a lot of films. I mean, he's gone straight through from the 1980s up until 2014. Was his... Oh, that was his. That was a posthumous release. Um, do you want me to read through some of the films? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, The Blues Brothers, 1980. Um, Ladies Club, 1986. License to Drive, 1988. I said about the Brady Bunch movie. Um, Prince of Egypt. 1998, um, Doctor Doodle 2, 2001, Christmas Wish 2005, um, Who's Your Caddy 2007. Yeah, so he's, I mean, there's a lot he's done here, but we'll just just list a few of them. Um, And the films. No, television, yeah. Oh, it's still television. Um, That was all films, this is telly. Yeah. Uh, The Duke of Hazards, which I recognise him in, 84. Let's have a look here. Um, 18. Yep. Dukes of Hazard. Did you say that one? Yep. Yeah. I think Moonlighting's quite famous in America. Amazing stories. Um, turn it over. Please. Ah, these are the ones, few ones you highlighted, yep. Obviously, you've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We've obviously got Fresh Prince. We've obviously got Star Trek. 
Um, so Aladdin as well. Interesting, Aladdin. Um, so I think he did the Spider Man. Well, Aladdin TV show. It's not the film, but yeah. yeah. Because one of his things I do say about is he did quite a lot of Marvel TV animated showy things. Hmm. What he's quite well known for. Oh, he was also an episode of CSI as well. Interesting. He also forged a body of work and voiceovers for cartoon shows. These roles have included the voice of Villain Shredder and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Avery voiced the eponymous villain of the in this episode of the Royal Ghostbusters as well, which I thought was interesting. Another character played is the War Machine in both Marvel Action Hour, Iron Man and Fox Kids Spider-Man animated series. Uh, Avery is one of the many Star Trek performers to lend their voices to animated series Gargoyles, which is another big show when we were growing up. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's endless credits. CSI and Charmed again two other things I know him from I've watched as well so yeah he's done a lot of stuff done a lot okay. <clears throat> so yeah just another just another just another great person who just did a lot it's just yeah I think you said you really picked out some really you really picked out some really interesting names this year so um, is there anything more we want to say about him no he was just the kind of as one of the points Jamie said, is like as Uncle Phil, he was just kind of a big icon in the nineties. Just kind of, he was just a very well known actor because of that. And I'm glad that he was able to be in Star Trek for just that bit of time, brief yeah. moment. Yeah, and you know, it's I remember growing up and watching The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think it was on BBC Two, if I recall. I think it was like six six thirty in the evening during the week. I think it was. I still just love watching. I love watching it. And I said he was. Brilliant as Uncle Phil, he really was. Um, and he's great in Star Trek as well. He just, yeah, just sad that he passed away the way he did. Last name? Yeah. Andre. So, yeah. Um, so, this last one is actually someone we've actually met. Or probably more you than me, I'd say, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this one is Richard Arnold, uh, research consultant. So Richard Arnold, um, 28th of April 1954 to 26th of January this year, uh, age 66, was a research consultant on Star, of, um, Star Trek TNG, holding the position title of Star Trek Ar- Ar- Archivist, an appointment made not long after the premiere of uh, Star Trek for The Voyage Home. As part of his duties, Arnold vetted proposals and final manuscripts for licensed tie-ins, novels, comics, guidebooks, video cover art, etc. on behalf of Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry until Roddenberry died in 91. Arnold first met Roddenberry while attending the first Star Trek convention in New York in January 1972. He moved to Los Angeles and became a volunteer guide at Paramount Studios from about the time of Star Trek The Motion Picture and greatly impressed Roddenberry with his memory for Star Trek trivia. Um, He often assisted Roddenberry with a range of Star Trek related duties. Um... Arnold's vetting became infamous for a series of arbitrary and counterintuitive decrees restricting novels, comic books and games and technical developments, resulting in a nickname Melacon. Arnold himself, however, said it was never his job alone to go through scripts, that the work was done by Roddenberry, and that when writers... Uh, this bit's poorly written. Um, 
Yeah, I can see, yeah. I knew to be edited would become dis- discontent. They targeted Arnold instead of Roddenberry, since going after Roddenberry would turn the fans against them. Yeah, that's badly worded. So, yeah, he he has got a bit of a reputation, and, yeah, I'm not going to dis- um, Dismiss deny it. it yeah. yeah. Mm. But I, when we met him, I thought he was a really nice guy, mm. and at Destination Star Trek 22, 12, I think yeah, that it was. was right. And actually, in Simon's room when he's bald, he's actually got he got a, he got a picture and he got it signed, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. I've always always liked him. I, mm. I, I, you know, it's one of those things that we research and you kind of go, oh, I never knew all that sort of thing. And I think it's just kind of it's unfortunate that he had a bit of a reputation. Who knows if it was warranted or not? Who knows? Yeah, we can't. But we can't. Someone touch. had to do it. Someone. Mm. Um, a fan actual one of the Enterprise crew members in the motion picture, which is incredible. You know the scene in like the shuttle bay, so he's in there somewhere. Oh right, nice. Uh, Arnold was also interviewed in the Roger Negard Denise Crosby documentaries Trekkies and Trekkies Two. For many years, he wrote a regular comment, a regular com- column for the Star Trek Communicator. Um, magazine, which was for the Star Trek official fan club, which where he answered fans' questions about the shows and movies. Arnold later appeared in a background former portraying a Romulan crew member aboard the Narada in Star Trek 2009. Um, is that everything? Uh, he has quite a few, quite a few Star Trek credits. I thought what I thought was interesting was in IMDb. Is it this one? Is it this one? Yeah. Um, that he created the term pad for Star Trek Next Generation for the personal access yeah. uh, display device and wrote the limerick uh, for the Enterprise, uh, for the episode The Naked Now. The Wizard Young Man from Venus, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be our re- I didn't know he actually created the term pad. I actually didn't know that before reading the notes. Um, he also says in the trading cast set release for Star Trek Into Darkness as a subsequent film he was one of those who signed collectible autograph cards yeah, yeah. yeah. like everyone does that you know yeah. that's why I didn't mention it um, <laughs> but he worked on numerous different documentaries on the on the franchise hmm. um, but what it says is the captains and chaos on a bridge effectively and then there's a few other odd interesting tidbits uh, including the Star Trek Inside the uh, Rottenbury Vault in 2016, so quite a recent credit. It's yeah, it's just someone that we'd met, so that's why I kind of felt we had to mention him and say mm. his his picture's been up there ever since I got it signed. I think I got it signed at the last convention we went to, which was 2016 mm. at the NEC. Was he there I as found, well? I found him on one of the stools and got oh, him okay. to sign it. I think. Obviously, I had to get the pitch developed mm. and then get get it signed. Did you remember you from twenty twelve? From the don't really the, think so. From the picture you took of him. Oh, fair Again, enough. it's one of those things that they meet so many people that like, yeah. can't read. I say it's just like you know, I. So, you know, to be fair, I did ask him a very immature question back in twenty twelve. <laughs> he, he gave me a fair enough answer. It's like looking back now, it's a bit like oh, that was an. I did say to you. I think it was at the time. I said, you really think he's Wesley's son? Because Wesley's son. 
But it's like looking back, it's like in hindsight, it's like probably not Rose's thing, but it's like I thought he dealt with it admirably and kind of in good faith, and I'd never really. Because again, it's not in the notes and saying I'm not. Re- I said to Jamie, no, we're not going to mention that it does come up oddly in a thing on Reddit. If you do enough looking, you can find it, and it does come up. Someone commented about it or in in a thing on Reddit, and it's like that's oh, okay. I never thought that would mm. be a thing, but doing the research, you'd be like. Oh, okay, that's... Because it's... I showed Jamie, so I said, we're not going to discuss this. We're not going to bring this up fully. And I am bringing it up, but not to a huge extent. Not trying to put... And I kind of showed Jamie, and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Like, okay. When, when did you... Because it was written, literally, I think it was after the convention, wasn't it? A few years ago, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. And I found it, and it's been like, that's a bit weird. Like, okay. like I just thought it was a very wasn't it like you know blinking you miss it thing like nothing really that interesting i just like you just came across i it. was just asking a question like it's just that that was it i was just having a bit of fun just kind mm. of have i you know is this a fun bit of fandom or is it be like go on wink wink nudge nudge you know come on you know you know we all know it is you know it is and that and it's like a quick kind of yet yeah, no but it's just fine. Like I took it on the chin, and I, I, you know, I admit very that was a very immature question to ask. And but that's what we were like back then. We were very, very immature. You, you look back now and you go, they don't really say that. They don't really ask him that. But for someone out there, it was obviously a talking point and kind of just again do enough searching, you'll find it. But I just, I found it and just went, yeah, I probably, like, I never knew that was a thing. I never knew you thought that would be a talking point. Like, something I said, again, we were, what, 22 when I asked it? Because that's 2012. That That sounds about right, yeah. And it was like, like, okay, like, with those sort of things, no one really pays any attention to any of it, but someone did, and went on reddit about it and i was like okay that's that was a shock <laughs> so yeah it's i just thought we've got to talk about him so i've got a picture with him got him got him to autograph it and it's a bit like his name unfortunately came up this year and it's like gotta gotta mention him gotta oh, yeah. cover him it's just i thought it was a really interesting thing i i actually took notes when we went back in 2012 i had a few notes of what he said in his talk hmm. and i just thought it was really interesting just what he was saying and that again it's things i still re- things i reference in episodes like season one of um the season review like the whole thing about q's robes that the hmm. fact they're totally different in um encounter at farpoint and in all, all good, good things. things they're different ones things i learned from richard arnold from his talk I've remembered, noted down, and went, that's interesting, and actually came back to help us in those episodes and went, that's an interesting tidbit, hmm. which I think you and Phil probably listened to, but didn't really pay much attention to. No, yeah, and it's nice that it said an absent friend's name like that has had a bit of an impact on you, which I think is just interesting. Yeah, it's. <clears throat> I think just 
Yeah, just this year, it's just been... I think you've picked some really good names there, Si. I think all of them are really interested in their own way. Yeah, they may not have been as long as previous years, but that's just as interesting. Mm. And I think that, you know... It's, you know, it's a very interesting thing to try and find, you know, the whole way we go about it, you know, two from this year, two from the past. Mm. I'm trying to get it to fit with the, you know, and the whole criteria that we go for, you know, one actor, one production and all those sort of things and mm. women and men and trying to get it so it fits right. And mm. I couldn't fit it, make it work with Enterprise for both. And I think just having the 50th anniversary is a nice way of... Mm. Because, in a way, she does. But it was nice mm. that she also covers the 55th anniversary. It was just, mm. it was just nice. Again, it was, it was just nice finding Fran, Fran, Fran Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. It was just like... I know. I, I, yeah, and then Richard Arnold was a kind of a no-brainer. I just had to put him down. Because, it was, again, it was like... He was such an interesting person to meet. And I think... I've always had fascination with production members and it was very interesting getting to hear him talk about it and again find out all those tidbits that we wouldn't necessarily know about you know, say the robes and the kind of yeah because I said I didn't realise they were different I mean it's been an ages since I've seen Encounter at Farpoint but it's yeah it's it's a hard episode to try and do and every year it's a bit like as I said I mean I'll be doing I said four names next year um and we, I couldn't make it work, but we just we, one year we will be doing Kelly Wymere. Yeah, I think well, that's one name that we really want to mention because yeah. we've always had a bit of a. She's one of those unsung heroes. She's a bit like um, Kerry from um, Voyager. Yeah. she's on that sort of thing. She's there, but she's yeah. Obviously, if you guys don't know, she obviously did. She played um, Crewman Cutler in Enterprise. Um, I think it was. I think it was like two, three two episodes. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it was that kind of she had that kind of that potential romance with Flocks, which I think was set up in Dear Doctor, and unfortunately. Um, but I just couldn't yeah. make it work. No, it's it fine. Just, I'm, so I'm I might, went for James Avery. I might instead. include her either next year or possibly. But it's in the, yeah, we'll it's, in the next few years. But it's, yeah. a, it's a hard episode to do every year, but I enjoy finding and researching these names. And mm. this is your first episode this year, I think. Trying to reset it back to four. Yeah, I think said, six is really hard to try and do. As and I said, I will be doing tons just, of research, which is this be, is a lot. This is still loads, but uh, yeah, it's it's sad. And I implore you, like we do every year, go and look at memory Elf and look through all the names. There's a load of names you will not have heard of again. It's we're talking the kind of Joan. I can't think of it. Pierce? Yes. Thank you. Joan Pierce is out there that have done all the hard work that don't get the praise that are there. Yeah. And there are loads. Again, we've only, you know, minute number of them. And we've been doing this for... Six, seven years. I think I worked out, I think we've done about 36 names. Yeah. Out of how... Yeah. Yeah. So just go and look. It's those these people are responsible for the franchise that you love and most of them you've never even heard of. Yeah. And they've done incredible things. Seven hundred episodes. That is a huge proportion. That's like the whole of next gen. Yeah. 
and and it said it was a shame there was there, there wasn't more information about her. But I think you did a really good job on, on dig, uh, digging up what you it's, could find. Walt Disney, like what's the name like that? That's just yeah. incredible. Just so yeah, I. It's so sad, and you know, it's it. You know, it is one of those episodes that we do enjoy researching every year, but it is very sad trying to find those names and mm. research them and. It's, it's bittersweet, it really is, it's kind of... That's a good way to describe it. So, yeah, um, but yeah, next year, obviously, for Absent Friends, obviously, it will be my turn to uh, find the names, and obviously, I will be sticking with what Simon has done, sticking with four names. The interesting thing is, depending on conventions, it may be in the same slot, but yeah. to be decided, because we don't know what the conventions are going to be next year, we may get another destination Star Trek depending if we go there or not, who knows. But it'll be November. Well, I hope eventually it will go back to end of November slot, but who knows? It, yeah. It's up to... We've Yeah, we've kind of had to shift things around a bit, haven't we? So. But it's, yeah, it's go look. Again, I'd, I'd go out and look for friend Bennett's because I think, again, that will... Such an amazing woman, and I think... I don't know. We, this always happens. We do the names, and it's like, oh god, no! How do we end it? Like, how do? We... Well, I don't. I don't know. Just I said these people. That's, <laughs> that's why we do this episode every year for those unsung heroes who, who have done stuff in Star Trek, who have really contributed to the franchise that we all know and love, and who never, never really see the limelight. That's why we do this. And yeah, you know. So, um, but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed, guys. Um. And, and we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. Bye. Bye.